Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen, and remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where leaders of high-growth sales teams share high-growth tactics and processes. Today, we're joined by Rob Beatty. Rob is a 20-year veteran of inside sales and currently is a senior director for sales for Thomson Reuters Tax and Accounting. Rob leads a team of over 150 reps and was recently awarded the prestigious AAISP Executive of the Year Award at AAISP's 2018 Leadership Conference. Rob, Welcome to the show, and thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm great, Rob, man. I'm really pumped to be here, share some insights, ideas, and I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you today. Well, we're excited to have you. I mean, anybody who's been in business for very long at all has heard about Thomson Reuters. Uh, You guys have an amazing leadership position in what you do. For people that are listening to the show that are excited to hear about how you've helped a mature month uh, company really outpace what's going on in the market, can you just give us the quick high-level story about Thompson Reuters, what they do, your role and your team, just very high level to help people understand who you are and what you do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I serve a team of about 150 reps, like you said. Um, My group in particular deals with uh, small, medium-sized businesses, happen to be accounting firms. Um, And so we sell software. We use an inside sales model. Um, Really, uh, you know, not your traditional transactional sale by any means. I mean, we're doing consultative sales as, as I think as good as anybody out there, uh, we just happen to choose to do it where we can be most effective and efficient because of the size of the businesses that we deal with. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's no, it's no special sauce, right? I mean, it's just really good reps doing really good work, being coached very heavily by their management team. And I think that's, uh, that's kind of been our, our model, which, it's something I think that anybody can mimic. And when you do it and you do it with, with, uh, cadence and diligence, suddenly you, you find yourself where you are looking back and going, wow, we really grew, you know? And, and what's funny about it is you don't realize it while you're doing it because just every month you're like, okay, I got to grind out another month, grind out another month. Um, and I think that's one of the things that our group's really been good at is we've never looked back and said, okay, we've made it. You know, we, we wake up every, every day, every month and, um, look around and go, all right, well, what are we going to do this month to keep our jobs? Let's go. And, love it. Yeah. yeah. I love it, man. And, and, and Rob, you and I have known each other for a couple of years. I've, I've had the opportunity to kind of speak to you a couple of times at different events and yeah. watch your growth. One of the things that I love is you've been part of the emergence of how inside sales has really started to take over how we sell. I love how you introduced what you're doing, Rob. You're doing consultative sales as well as anyone but you figured out a way to do that uh, with the inside sales model. Did, was that a hard transition for you guys to figure out and, and get good at? Um, you know, the it, I, that's a tough question because, again, I think it's one of those things that you don't really realize you're doing it while you're doing it, right? Yep. Um, I don't think we ever woke up one day and said, oh, we've got to change the way we sell. I think some of that the market dictated that too is as our market has matured, you know, it went from a time where, there was a transactional piece where people weren't using software to do what we do. Mm. And so when you call them up and say, Hey, we have software, they'd go, yeah, I've never heard of that. That would be amazing. 
Um, and now it's, uh, we have software to help you run your processes better. And they say, oh yeah, I've got this software and this software and this software. And so it went from a transaction to a competitive takeaway. And as, as, as that happens, you know, unless, unless you have a, a product that nobody's ever seen before, you're in a competitive takeaway. And the mm. only way that that's going to happen is by doing your homework, listening to what the, what the client's telling you, what the prospect's telling you, and having a compelling story. And the only way you're going to get that to somebody is by talking to them. Okay, so you're speaking my language right now. I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. And I can relate to your challenge in a number of ways. And I love how you said you don't know you're in a challenge. You're just out there working, making it happen. I, I love that perspective. I, I want to flip it around, and I want to back up a little bit so we can go forward. Your market is one, and your company, how, how old is Thomson Reuters? How old is the company? Thompson Reuters is hundreds of years old, or hundred yeah. years old, over a hundred years old. Yeah, so really. So, but yeah. let me finish this. So you're hundreds of years old, and you're a growth story. You, you define your team as we're a high growth team. Right. I love that. That's so. When I was working for a large bank that was 150 years old, I would go around saying we are a growth story, and people looked at me like, "Are you nuts?" Right? Is is that been hard to create that culture or keep that culture? Tell me how you did that because I think that's awesome. Yeah, so I think a big piece of it, and again, we're we're a small piece of Thompson. Thompson's a monstrosity, right? Our our group is is a small corner of what they do of what we do as a as a company. But um, from a mindset standpoint, I think a big piece of it is having a leadership team that believes that. And you know, I've been I've been lucky over the last twelve years that that my direct boss is similar mindset of. You know, we're not here to just sort of maintain the way things are. We got to find growth strategies and innovate and be intelligent about it. And if you were to ask me what is one of our key strategies or has been one of the key strategies over the last, um, you know, really six years has been not being satisfied where we are and looking out and saying, okay, how can we tweak? What could we adjust? Is there something in our go to market? You know, is social relevant to us? Is it not? You know, or in what way is it? Um, email for a long time was not something we used. Then we used it well. Now, I, you know, we're transitioning away from using it too much and trying to get back to the phone call versus that. And so constantly pushing that envelope. And one of the ways that, that I do that, and I encourage my management team to do it is we try to look out at the horizon just, just far enough that we can kind of craft internal messaging around that. And so, my my management team, we will always talk about uh, the what we for a long time we were calling the 2020 sales rep, and that really started in 2013. We would say, okay, what does our sales reps need to look like and be doing in the year 2020 to be successful? That's awesome. And so, yeah, and so now we're starting to switch that horizon to 2025 because <laughs> I think the uh, the advent of artificial intelligence and machine learning and its impact on sales is sort of that next wave of of innovation coming here. But prior to that, it was, okay, we know we need consultative sales skills. We know we need better industry knowledge. We need better product knowledge. We need to be able to do social. We need to use some emerging tools and technology. And so those five things sort of became our battle cry, if you will. Well, you know, that also plays really well in recruiting, and it plays really well when you go and uh, try to get somebody to come to your business because you're like, hey, look, here's where we're taking this thing. You know, it doesn't matter what it looks like today. That's important. But this is where we're going. If you want to be part of that, and you start to attract people who are like, yeah, you know what? I want to be part of something. Th those people, they have an idea of where they're going. I want to be, I want to be on that team. And so, um, but I think as a, as a leader, especially if you're trying to get that mindset of high growth is 
You've got to give somebody a vision, and it can't be a numbers vision, right? It, 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 oh. it, you can say, hey, look, I want to be a $50 million sales organization, but that seems so far away for people. You've got to say, here's what I want my people to be doing, and by extension, will be a $50 million sales organization. One of the more influential books on um, coaching and leadership that I read at some point was Bill Walsh, the former coach of the 49ers way back when, had a book called The Score Takes Care of Itself. Ooh, I like and that. yeah, it's, it's, it's a great book. And it's all about how in football he would try to coach people, look, run the plays you're supposed to run, do the things you're supposed to do, and you wake up and you'll be in the lead, you know, and – and you'll look up and you'll be in the lead, not wake up. You'll look up and you'll be in the lead. <laughs> and, um, and so I always found that to be really important. And if, you know, and I see that with reps, especially when they're struggling, they're like, I got to get to my quota. I got to get to my quota. And I'll say, stop. You don't got to get to your quota. You got to focus on those things you can control. What activities can you do today? Cause you can't decide if somebody else buys, right? I can't go to somebody and say, you buy this or I'll get you. And it doesn't work. You have to be like, I'm doing the right things. I'm doing enough of the right things. Eventually I will get to that spot where those people are buying. And I think between uh, the, the score will take care of itself by Bill Walsh and then the cracking the sales management code by Jason Jordan, merging those two things together have really been um, important into the mindset of my leadership. And then that goes down into the sales reps. All right, you're dropping all kinds of knowledge right now, Robin. I knew we were going to go like this. I, I'm so excited you're on our show today. Um, I want to back up for a second. And I, Everyone right now, I hope, is taking notes like I've been. Uh, I'm blowing up my notepad right now because there's so many things that you've brought up that I want to dig into. I want to now beat your drum for a second, Rob. And people have now been introduced. You, your way of thinking, there's a couple things we're going to go back to. But, 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 Rob, you just won what is arguably the most prestigious award that could be given to a sales leader in inside sales. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, it, I'm blessed. <laughs> well, you, you earned it. The people who have won that, are they're badasses, just like you, okay? And they've earned it. And so you've been around and you've done it and your team's performance shows it. And I know that success leaves clues. I'm wondering if we can dive into for a second, if you were to look back and say, what's some of the blueprint I've done as a leader? to stimulate the growth. Now you've talked about a lot of things. Sure. And as you look back and say, what led to me having this opportunity to be blessed or to have this, this kind of success that led to an award that our listeners are thinking, I want that kind of success. I mean, sure. I want that kind of success. Is there like a short kind of blueprint, three or four things that you jump out and say, these are some of the things as I look back and say, these, these are the clues that I'd like to share. Anything yeah. That we could talk yeah. about. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, I'll try, you know, it's one of those things where, um, I think, I think one of the big ones is, um, you know, I almost get embarrassed when people say I'm doing a good job, right? And it's just sort of that, um, I try to take that humble servant leader mindset every day of, look, you know, it wasn't me, the organization did it. You know, we, I do a lot of we talk and, you know, so if you noticed when I introduced myself, I said, I serve a team of 150 people. And so I did, I did notice that, by the yeah, way, that was awesome. Yeah. So, and that's something that, you know, I just, I try to remember I'm not there without the team, right? So that's really, really important. So that's, that's one thing. How do you Second, do that? How do you stay grounded like that? Is there, yeah. I mean, cause that's easy yeah. to say, probably hard to do, right? Yeah, it is. And I think, I think some of it is just sort of where you come from. And it's, it's strange to me when people ask me, I say, well, I was an offensive lineman playing football growing up. Now I, I've never scored a touchdown. I played nine years or eight years of football, I played all the way through college division three and, Awesome. Um, never, never carried the ball, never scored a touchdown, 
I had one quarterback sack in high school because I fell down and a guy tripped over me. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a true story. And it was James Lights Out Tony, eventual heavyweight champion of the world. He played quarterback at a rival school. But that's Are another – no, no, I'm not. That's another podcast altogether anyway. Yeah, we're going to have an episode just on <laughs> that, man. So anyway, so I think some of that just sort of it was ingrained in me all the time of, you know, my job is to do my job, you know, and – and get things out of the way for somebody and, and remove those obstacles. And I've carried that through, I think, into leadership. And, um, and so that's, that's a big piece of it. I am a big, um, learner, right? I always say, always be curious. You know, there's a bunch of ABCs. There's always be closing. There's whatever. One to me is always be curious. So constantly reading, trying to find new ways, new ways of thinking, challenging myself and never feeling like, Hey, I know it all, right? I am. I, I don't. There's there's going to be a better way. There has to be a better way. So, all right, what are we doing that's working? What can we tweak? What can we innovate? And can we do it with common sense? You know, the other thing is sometimes if you're super creative, you'll have too many things that you're trying to do at once. And so trying to rein that back in. Well, one of the ways that I do that is the team that I've put around myself is challenges me for that. that you know, they're, they're different personalities, right? So I don't have a sales management team of a bunch of uh, people who are clones. I have very, very different people within my sales management team. And then part of that is, so then how do you work together? You know, we have a very disciplined and stringent cadence. And again, that kind of, I still think comes from sports and, and I played football. So it's an awfully a lot of football type of talk, but I think anybody. You can talk sports with me whenever you want, Rob. Cool. We don't have a limit on that on this show. Awesome. Well, and I and I figure many people in sales have been involved in athletics at some point growing up. And when you think about, you know, there was a discipline to practice. There was a discipline to game plan. There was all these things that you would do. And so, um, you know, every day we show up, we have a, a half hour, 15 minute to half hour huddle with my management team. We get together first thing in the morning. It's one of the advantages of being an inside team. We can see each other. We We set the play for the day, right? Then we have – they have one-on-ones weekly with their reps, and, and we are diligent about those one-on-ones. Those have to happen, and they're not meant to be um, inspection of, of you know, metrics and numbers. They're about, okay, what deals do you have? What do you need from us? How do we make this happen? And so so that discipline of cadence is really important where, uh, you know, there's a, there's a rhythm, right? And um, one of the things that, that I'm most proud of is if I'm not in the office, that huddle happens anyway. You know what I mean? And so, so I know that that's happening. And again, my team then is kind of, they do what needs to be done from, from that standpoint. So I don't feel like, you know, surround yourself with great people. You're never fighting alone. Um, and then, and then last but not least is, uh, again, it kind of goes to football, but you got to have a system, right? You've got to have something that you're talking to. And I already mentioned the 2020 sales rep and the, the other one for me, was at one point uh, when I was working for another company uh, 15 years ago, I'd gone in and I'd trained a sales manager. And the guy, as I'm leaving, the owner of the business is like, hey, I wish you could just, like, leave your brain. And I was like, wow, thanks. You know, that's kind of a nice compliment. But <laughs> as I left, I was like, what did he mean by that? And, and what he meant was because I had been doing that job for a while, I, I knew what needed to be done without having to – I couldn't – I didn't have to say it, right? I, I didn't have to remind myself. It was just sort of natural, the things I would say, oh, you have to do this, and you have to do this, and you have to do this. And what he was asking me is, tell that person who's never done that job 
what are those things so that they're, they're equipped. And I said, Oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And so I kind of codified, you know, the seven areas where I thought a sales manager could impact a sales rep and said, wow. okay, right. So if you got somebody at quota, awesome. That's great. If you want to get that person to the next level, the three things to look at are, are they pricing? You know, are they, are they discounting too much to get to their number? Are they selling all the products you have and are they selling them uh, together to big tickets? And then coaching for each one of those things, right? So if somebody's discounting too much to get to their quota, it's great that they're getting to their quota, but can you give that person a 10% raise if they discount 10% less? And that means they need help on the value equation, right? I mean, that's it. That's what they need. They don't need anything else. They don't need any more effort. They don't need any more deals. They need help on the value equation. So focus in there. If you've got somebody who's not getting the quota, take a step back. Do they have enough pipeline? If the answer is yes, they're not getting a quota, person doesn't know how to close, or again, they're having trouble with the value equation. Yep. If they don't have enough pipeline, well, that's a pretty big indicator. They're never going to get to their quota. Then from there, you go backwards. Do they have enough people looking at your product, whatever that might be, in whichever way you show it? And then finally is the effort metric, right? Are they picking up the phone and are they doing that? And somebody says, oh, so your job is to motivate them. And I say, no, I can't motivate somebody. All I can do is create an environment where the motivated can be successful. I love that. Can you say that one more time? That is sure. a nugget that I've never heard. I agree because I think motivation is rarely the problem for success. Correct. So I'd love to hear you say that one more time because I want to turn this into something that we 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 talk about a little bit as we finish. Because I think sure. Huge. Yeah, no, like I said, I mean, because people always will say to me, oh, man, you're fun. You're funny. People love your meetings. You're so motivating. You're so motivating. And I say, no. I can't motivate you. You, I can't come to your house and make you get up and come to work. I can't make you pick up the phone. I can't make you want to earn money. I can't make you do any of those things. All I can do is if you bring those things to the table, you'll go home at the end of the day successful. I can create an environment where the motivated are successful. I love it, Rob. That is that is awesome. I love that. Now I'm going to circle back to because I've been listening. This is all so good. I love. I wrote down four things on your on your on your you know on your kind of system that you taught, you're not system, your, your approach, humility, always be curious, always be learning this cadence and then having your system. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's so clear why, as you've executed on that, how you've been so successful and, and, and it's such a greatly earned reward. I want to go back to something that you really emphasized. You said that we are absolutely committed to these great one-on-ones having these yeah. awesome one-on-ones. Can you talk for a second? Cause one-on-ones are a big deal. Like, I think it's less than 5% of sales leaders that say that one-on-ones don't matter. So 95% of them say that's something we got to do. But most tell me, Rob, I don't know what I get from my one-on-ones. Okay. Right. What makes for a good one-on-one? Well, I think, I think there's two things. One um, is preparation on both parts, right? So the rep, the rep has to bring something to the one-on-one, you know, they, they have to bring either, Openness to learn. They got to bring a deal if that's what the structure is, but they've, they've got to come to that one-on-one open, ready to, to participate. And I think that's, you know, a lot depends on if, if you're not getting that from your reps, it's probably because it's more you than them, right? They're coming in, they're saying, okay, how are you? If, if I ask them, what's going on with your numbers? Where are you at? Blah, blah, blah. That's for me, right? If they're coming in and, and my first question is, how can I help you? What's on your mind? Um, that, and they drive the agenda. That, that's one thing that happens. From a sales manager standpoint, you got to be prepped. You got to be in the moment. 
Um, you know, and I find myself, I'm not, I'm certainly not perfect. You know, I always love doing these, these type of like podcasts or interviews or something. And I go back and listen. I'm like, man, I'd really love to work for that organization, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, because they make it sound like it's so easy and you do it. But I literally this morning was having a one-on-one with somebody and I found myself spending as much time, you know, right looking to my email as I was paying attention to the person. And, and that's not fair on my part, right? I, I owe that person a half hour of their time back at some point. So anyway, being in the moment, I think, is critical. Having an agenda ahead of time and having an agenda that is expected and, and not surprising people. I don't like ambushing people. I don't like bringing somebody in my office, you know, buttering it up with something and going, and what about this? You know, like year-end review should never be a surprise, right? Like people should know how they're doing. I think that's crucial. But I think if you train your reps from the beginning of, hey, when you come to the one-on-one, here's what you need to bring. And and you'll know, you know, not every rep hungers for that, but the ones who really want the coaching, those are the people who are going to be part of your team for a long time. Um, and, and you got to embrace them. And the people who kind of fight against it, well, eventually they're not going to be part of your culture. I'd rather have 10 people of – um, minimum talent, but fully engaged over 10 talented people who don't do any of the things that they're supposed to do. Right. Amen. Like, Amen. you know, so be part of the team. And, and I think those things can, can happen. Culture is so crucial for that. So Rob, I'm so glad you said that. One of the things, cause we, we spend a lot of time in coaching, as you know, and we think consistency is the key and you did it. You hit both of them. When I say consistency, most people think frequency. Are we having them on a regular basis? I think the more important part of consistency in a one-on-one is you call it consistent agenda. You said no surprises. I love that. They right. should know exactly what's going to, we should be so consistent. They know what we're going to talk about and it's going to be future oriented rather than beating me up on what happened. Right. Right. So. And you know, Rob, the other thing I would say as a leader that I think is important is emotional consistency. Oh, good. I, you know what I mean? I can't come in one day and I'm like hair on fire, you know, you're the worst and, and I, I'm going to fire you all tomorrow. <laughs> and the next day I'm like, Hey, everything's great. You know, and <laughs> I don't know why you're, why you're struggling today. It's such a beautiful day. I mean, I think again, there's sort of that, that emotional consistency of, Hey, when times are tough, I got you as a leader, you got to stand tall and be like, Hey, here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. And here's how we're going about it. And when times are good, you say, it's awesome. Glad everybody's doing well. We got to continue that. Here's how we're doing it. We're doing it like this and we're doing it like this. And that, that, and again, when you have a system that you're using, whatever it is, however you're about that as a leadership system, you can maintain that consistency over time and you don't get too high and you don't get too low. And I think that's, that's really important. And it goes back to my kind of comments about creating that environment where the motivated can be successful. Yeah. If, you know, if, again, I got to show up and, and, you know, uh, there was a, a long time ago, I had a manager who me and another rep, when I was first starting out as a sales rep, we used to say, oh, here comes the monkey with the symbols. You know, that little, <laughs> you know that I'm talking about, that toy just yeah. bangs the symbols. That's what it felt like when he would show up. There was no value to him coming to our cube to have a conversation with us. And so I've always thought, I don't want to be that guy. I never want my team to be like, yeah, that guy's the monkey with the symbols. I want him to be like, when Rob has something to say to us, we're going to listen to it because it's important. And he's thinking from a standpoint of how is this going to help us be successful? Rob, I can't believe it. We're starting to run low on time, man. The time goes fast. I love your passion. If there's one thing that's, that screams to me with what you're doing, it's your passion. And I, I can see that you genuinely are into what you do. Is there anything that, that drives that passion that that's helped you like be this engaged in what you're doing? 
Yeah, well, I got two kids under the age of 10, and they got to go to college someday. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I think, you know, honestly, it's um, I, I, I would, I've sort of kind of always been that. I've always been sort of an all-in team guy. You know, I alluded to some of my football stuff. And I just, you know, to me, um, it is that mindset of, you know, I don't look at sales as how can I get paid and am I in this for the money? I, I don't, I can't believe I'm in sales. You know, like I still to this day, my degree's in history from a liberal arts college, right? What? Like, oh, what? yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, so I mean, it's a total accident. And, um, and so from that standpoint, I think, I think one of the things is, you know, I, I enjoy the people, I enjoy the coaching aspects of it. I think if people had a time machine and went back and met me when I was in like high school or college, they'd been like, oh, that guy's going to be a teacher and someday he's going to be a football coach. And instead of doing it in that environment, I'm doing it in this environment. And I think that's, and, and if you, you know, I think that's where you get a lot of inspiration from and. You know, one, when that, when I say always be curious, people say, well, what should I do? What should I do? I'm like, okay, read, read books about business, but also read books from great coaches, great leaders, read biographies, read histories, read, 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 read. And when you do think about how does this matter to me? Like I'm in the middle right now of listening to a book and I found audible recently, which I love, yep. um, you know, and, and, and if you're out there, make sure you audible extreme ownership by the, by Jocko Willenick. I think that's I love a great that book, book, right? It's huge. So yeah. Huge. But that also then inspired me to do some more reading on a few military things. And right now I just happen to be listening to a book about the Vietnam war. And there's a lot of good leadership things that happen and a lot of really bad leadership things that happen. Okay, great. Interesting story. How does it apply to me and how can I apply it to me? And I think that, that passion to, to grow and learn. I think if, if you truly have it, you'll exude it to your team and, and hopefully they'll, they'll come on and again, it becomes all part of your culture. Rob, you gave me so many great quotes. I just took another one, how you said you're accidentally involved. I think most people in sales, at least people that have been involved for more than 10 years are accidentally yeah. involved because today you can go to great places like UT Dallas and other places where you can get a degree in sales. Right. But you and me, we kind of got accidentally involved. So let me tell you what strikes me. This is how I'm going to label this show and, and, and introduce you when we, when we wrap this up in the post-production, Rob. Accidentally involved, but intentionally successful. That's you. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> and yeah. So, so let's wrap it up. Um, two questions that, that I ask everyone when we finish. The first one, I, uh, I, I can't wait to hear your answer to this one. Is there like a notable sales leadership achievement you particularly look at and say, yeah, that one was pretty cool? Anything that, that stands out that you can, that you can share? Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's tough. I think, um, there's moments, right? And to me, you know, getting the, the AISP executive of the year was humbling and, and great. But the only, the only downside to me of that is my team wasn't there to hear it and, and recognize that I only got that because of them. But just a few months before that, and this is probably the one that, stands out right now to me is um, on the strength of my team. You know, we have a president's club, achievers club, whatever you want to have it. And when I won that, the just eruption of emotion from my team and um, that, that hearing those, that sound wave as I got to, you know, go up on stage and recognizing that that was them, you know, that, that was a great moment for me. And, um, and so, so that, that was, I think if there's a, proud moment it wasn't so much that i won the award it was that so much hard work had gone from like i said you know 
you said at the beginning, we're high growth. We haven't been high growth all the time. I mean, there's been ups and downs and dips, and we had worked our way out of one of those dips to have another successful year like what we had. I was like, this awesome. this is the culminating moment right there. That was awesome. What a great story. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I love your perspective on on how that team did that. That's such a great share. The last question that I ask everyone, uh, you've already said a, f- a few. I'm an avid reader, as are you, and I love asking high-growth leaders what they're reading. Is there something that you'd share that we're going to put into the, the podcast library that we, should, we send out to people? What, what's yeah. What's you recommend? Well, for sure. Um, I think there's a couple of them. Uh, there's an older book called Top Dog, which is the science of winning and losing by a guy named Poe Bronson. That was at the first AISP leadership conference. Somebody was talking about that and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And it talks a lot about how people are motivated. So when you're trying to create that environment, it's good to know what will work. Um, I already mentioned the Bill Walsh book. There's yeah. a bunch of other books like that. Um, any, most, most football coach type books are really good. Extreme ownership, uh, never split the difference by a guy named Chris Voss, which is about negotiation. Uh, just completed that one last year. I think that's another area that everybody can get a little bit better in. And then I mentioned cracking the sales management code. Cracking the sales management code is. Jason's book is awesome. Yeah. Jason's, Jason's book, book is, awesome. is, is, it's fantastic. So. Five um, good ones, Rob. Five yeah, good yeah. ones. Forget about one. You're going times five. Yeah, just like yeah. you do with growth, baby. Yeah. Your approach to everything is times five. I love it. Yeah. Hey, Rob, thanks so much for giving a, a little bit of your time to, to our listeners and sharing some of the secrets that led led to your success. Anything else you'd like to just add before we wrap things up? No. Um I mean I just I can't thank you enough. You know, I love I love hearing you talk and, and when last year when I heard you speak at the at the leadership conference, I'm like, man, that's a guy I want to be around. And I think my final thought would be find those people you want to be around, you know, find people who share your passion and and just connect with them and just have conversations and, and that will help you grow and, and, and become a better leader just by being around better leaders. Rob, thank you so much. Rob Beatty. 2018 AAISP Senior Sales Executive of the Year, accidentally involved, intentionally successful, and creating an ongoing high-growth story at Thomson Reuters. Rob, you have been amazing. Thanks so much for what you've shared, and I cannot wait to see you next time. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, too. Have a great day. You as well. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. And now we're entering the final part of the show where I answer, so what? We talked for a long time, and, and, and how would I summarize this to what we really thought were the highlights? And, and I go to the title of the episode. You know, Rob says, my mission is not to motivate people. My mission is to create an environment where the motivated can succeed. And he has an amazing blueprint for how he's going to help people do just that. And I loved how he said there's no secret sauce. It was system-oriented, and it was very intentional. And I want to go to his blueprint of the things that he says leads to high growth success. And it starts with the attitude, the mindset, the humility that you cannot deny. He uh, was very, very focused and committed to this humble attitude where he's the servant leader. I love the attitude of the offensive lineman. My job is to do my job, make it so other people can score. That led to an easy way for him to have this culture of innovation. My job is to find ways to make it so they can score. You ought to ask yourself, are you making it about you or are you making it about how you help people? Because if you do that, you can have this innovation attitude. I loved how he said that they were talking about the 2020 sales rep in 2013, and now they're talking about the 2025 sales rep. Uh, Innovation means that we are not slow to change. It means we're first to change. Uh, Otherwise, you're just catching up. 
And so you got to ask yourself, are you catching up? Or are you embracing new ways to help your reps have advantages? And one of his kind of litmus tests that I loved was he surrounds himself with people that will challenge him. Ask yourself right now, do the people that surround you challenge you or just say yes, sir, or no, ma'am? I think that what he pointed to as the number one catalyst for their success, though, was the diligence in one-on-ones. And so every one of you needs to ask yourself, do you have the approach to one-on-ones that this award-winning leader has? It starts with making sure that no one feels micromanaged, and instead they come prepared and ready to go. In fact, you might remember he said, if you don't come prepared, that reflects more on the leader than it does the rep. So ask yourself, do the reps know what you're going to talk about? And are they bringing the agenda to you? Uh, I, I thought that the other part of the one-on-ones that was so insightful was they never feel ambushed. They know what the agenda is. And done correctly, my eye-opener here was one-on-ones create culture, not micromanagement. And as a result, he was able to find ways to have his managers create impact. So look at yourself and say, are my managers the monkeys with the symbols Or are we creating impact so our reps are running to these one-on-ones, not away from them? And the final piece of his four-part strategy was you must be system-oriented. If you have a system, you can remove the variance around how people approach the job. And I love how he has seven elements of ways that his reps can have impact be created by their managers. How, How do you do that? You know, I love how we can now start to look at our playbook as more than just a resource. Your playbook can actually help your reps sell and your managers coach. So codify the approach in your playbook and what you'll find is it becomes a very strategic resource. And I wanna finish with the way we started though. Our job is not to motivate. We can't do it. Don't fall into the trap of gamifying and playing games with your salespeople. Instead, connect individually. Create individualized one-on-one coaching plans. All reps are not created equal. Motivation is rarely the missing link. Most people are motivated. They want to win. They need a leader to show them how to win. So I hope that that passion that he has for his team is something that you can take to yours. I hope that you can have that excitement about how can I help people do more because you're helping them than they would have done if you'd left them on their own. Because at the end of the day, people are the world's greatest reflectors. And there is no secret sauce, just like Rob said. There's only execution. So I hope today was one of those days that really challenged you to sit back and think. I hope you go back and listen to the podcast a few times and take some notes because there is absolutely a blueprint for something that led to market-beating success in the world of Thomson Reuters, and this can absolutely be part of the blueprint of the success that happens with the story that you write in your organization as well. So with that, happy selling. And don't worry, we got you. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at www.salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exvoyant the modern sales leadership platform for Salesforce.com users. You can visit Exvoyant at www.exvoyant.com.